You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southerngroundhunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, what's up, everybody? This is going to be a pretty short episode. It's going to be by myself. Um... I just had a pretty good hunt in Kentucky and uh, just got home pretty late in the night and uh, not late. It feels late because it's freaking time change. I hate time change. Uh, It's like, what time is it? Six o'clock in the afternoon and it's dark. I mean, it's like way dark. So, um... Yeah, had a pretty good hunt uh, a couple days ago in Kentucky, and I just wanted to do a quick breakdown of it by myself. Matt is still out in the woods. He's still grinding. He's still doing his thing. Um, All the guys are, really. Drew, Adam, Matt, Luke, 
Uh, and so I'm going to let them do their thing. I'm going to enjoy the uh, kind of that post, like that post week after you shoot a buck is always a whole lot of fun. Kind of the pressure's off. You feel relaxed. And then I know here in a few days it's going to end and I'm going to be right back at it. Um, but yeah, we've talked about it in a couple episodes. I've been extremely unhealthy, like very sick the last three weeks, really, since, uh, since we went to Mississippi with the six day grind, uh, fellows with Taylor and Darren, uh, I actually got the kidney stone started while I was on that trip. The first night of that trip, it got better, um, probably three hours after, uh, it first hit, it got better, went out, shot a deer. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, then on my way home the next day, it came back and it was absolutely full force. Like if you've ever had a kidney stone, I hope you never get one if you never have, but if you have had one, you know, it's just pretty debilitating. Like it's just not fun. And, um, let me see. That was, uh, three weeks ago. The next weekend, I was supposed to leave to go to Tennessee to hunt the rut in Tennessee, and then I was going to leave straight from there and come over here to Kentucky and, um, or oh, I guess over there to Kentucky and hunt those, like, basically two and a half weeks is what I was going to have, like 16 days. And that didn't happen. Um, went to Tennessee for one day. And uh, met with my buddy Jason Newton, super cool guy. Uh, extremely grateful that he was on that trip because I also um, got the flu that day. Uh, the kids had it, my wife had it, everybody had it at the house. I figured I was probably going to get it, but um, I wasn't feeling anything yet, just the kidney stone pain. Well, then I got the flu and I had both of them. So I am like popping these hydrocodones that I got from the doctor that I got prescribed by the doctor. And, um, it's just got me out of it. Like I don't feel good. The hydrocodone doesn't do anything for the flu. So I don't feel good. I'm on these drugs and, uh, and then I guess it was the second morning. Um, my wheel bearing went out on my boat trailer Jason noticed it, and so that evening was pretty much going to be shot. Well, um, this is why I'm extremely grateful for that Jason was on this trip, because he pretty much changed out the whole wheel bearing himself uh, while I just sat there in misery and watched, and I hated it. I absolutely hated having to do that, um, but man, Jason, if you're listening to this, I really appreciate the the help, man. I, I, I would have probably had to stay overnight. And honestly, probably just gone to a shop to get it fixed because I was not in any shape to do it. I, I'd done it before. I, I know how to do it, but I just wasn't in any shape to do that kind of work right then. So um, ended up leaving that night and got back home and rested for two days. Flew past. I felt like I was good enough on my kidney stones. I could tell they were still there, but I felt like I was good enough to, to hunt and... So I drove back to Tennessee, whipped it back to Tennessee, got there, and immediately was on deer. Like, I saw deer immediately. Um, the problem was, 
when I got there, I got in my boat. I was all fired up, excited to finally be back in the woods. Got my boat, got out of the got out of the boat at the spot, and I walked about fifty feet maybe from the boat and had to sit down because my body just was absolutely shook. It was just tore up. Um, I had stopped taking the hydrocodones at that point because I didn't like the way they made me feel. Um, so I'd stopped taking those and I just couldn't do it. I had to sit on the ground. I tried to climb a tree, couldn't climb the tree. Uh, it's just running out of breath, man. And it just killed me. I was, I was done. And so I left and came back home and, uh, really canceled my trip to Kentucky that night. Um, I called my buddy Clayton, who was kind of the one that puts this trip together, this camp together. And I was like, man, I just can't do it. I can't make it. Uh, not with the way I'm feeling right now. So I went home again, rested for about four days and finally felt like, okay, I was hunting at home some, and uh, I was just trying to test my body to see what I was capable of at that point. I said, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Kentucky. So I get to Kentucky and, um, it had been a pretty rough week for the guys that were there. Uh, I think a few people had seen some shooter bucks, but they weren't really around. They weren't really in bow range, I think. And a couple of guys had let some pretty good bucks walk, hoping to get on something bigger. Um, so I rolled in and went to a spot that always seems to produce and I was going to sit all day. And, uh, first thing that morning I get stuck on a sandbar on my boat and that always makes me nervous. I was able to get out of it pretty easy, but it always makes me nervous when I run into something like that because I don't want to get stuck out there in the middle of the night and, uh, in the dark, it's just not any fun. And so I ended up getting down a few minutes early. I saw a spike buck and a doe. I got down probably 30 minutes early just so I could get back to the boat in the daylight and get out of there. And so I did, got out of there. Everything was good. Um, but at that point, I'd been really banking on that area for the whole week that I was going to be there. I was going to be breaking down that whole area because there's deer all over it. And once I ran into the sandbar and just kind of put a damper on it, I was like, well, I don't want to damage my boat this week while I'm here. So the next day was when it was supposed to, the cold front was supposed to move in. I really wanted to be in that area for that cold front pushing through, but I just knew that it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be possible. And so, uh, we're sitting at camp that night and a guy named Donovan, he's like, man, stop looking at it. Stop looking at your map. Just pick a spot. I have found out that out here, if you're in a good terrain feature, you're going to see deer. So I kind of took his word for it, and I just picked a spot that was good for the wind. It seemed like everybody was seeing deer in the bottoms, in the thicker bottoms. And so I found a, a bottom that had a really steep uh, really steep ridge coming up out of it that uh, really was a bluff wall, and I figured it would make a really good pinch point, a good funnel, it's the rut out there, so I figured it'd make a good funnel with these bucks cruising the downwind side of that thicket, um, cruising for uh, cruising for does and trying to cut doe trails going into that thicket in that bottom. So that's what I did, and immediately, as soon as I got set up, 
uh, I was going to go in at daylight or at, at gray light, I guess. And, um, I just ended up going, I was like, you know what, it's going to be a good spot no matter what. I feel like there's going to be deer in there. So I might as well just go and get set up as early as possible. So I get in there, get set up and about gray light, I hear deer coming. Um, problem is, is it's coming out of the thicket, uh, and it's crossing this Creek and coming to my side of the Creek, which is fine. It got in bow range. But it wasn't what I expected the deer to do. I didn't expect them to come out of the thicket going up into the open stuff. I figured they would either be coming from the open and going into the thick to bed down or skirting the edge of that thicket to scent check. Uh, I thought it was a hot doe. It ended up being a spike, and he came all around, just did all kinds of goofy stuff, came all around me, and ended up seeing me, I think. He got into the open woods and saw me. Ran off, came back, and then just cruised the top of that ridge. Uh, a few minutes after that, I had two does come through, and they did the exact same thing that that spike did, which really had me kind of thrown off. Um, I didn't expect them to do that. I, I, I really was expecting a little bit different, but um, the good news is, is that that is a doe that was in the area, two does that were in the area, and those bucks are going to be keeping tabs on those does. And it made me feel like if those does are here and they're living in this area right now, then I have a good chance of seeing a buck. And so um, a few minutes go by. The wind really starts to pick up. The sun finally comes out. And I shouldn't get this way, but I do during the rut even. Uh, it hits about 830 and... I'm not seeing deer anymore. I start getting a little bit, uh, not depressed, but I start getting a little bit down on myself. Like, man, this spot's a bust. Like, I ain't going to see any more deer. But without fail, I, I guess it's when the thermals shift and everything starts kind of changing, especially when there's a creek nearby. Without fail, at 8.30 to probably 10 o'clock, I would say is when I see the best buck movement um, during the rut. For whatever reason, I guess it's that thermal shift or people leaving the woods maybe. That's when I usually start seeing some deer. Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you. The ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's 3 a.m. wake up calls to get into the woods or just getting through your work day, a good cup of high quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, 
You also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out 6daygrindcoffeeco.com today. That's the word 6, followed by daygrindcoffeeco.com. Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. So one good note, I guess, right here is that um, at this point in my kidney stones, like I feel like I'm about to pass them. Um, they're there still, I can feel them and, uh, but it's the pains kind of moved further without being too graphic. It's kind of moved further down, uh, which makes me, allows me to be able to sit a little bit better whenever it's back in your back and in your kidneys, it's really difficult to sit, especially in a saddle, but it's hard to drive anything that has like that lumbar support that's putting pressure there. It really hurts. And basically just feels like a knife stabbing you over and over again and twisting all over the place in your kidneys. But at this point, it's kind of moved down. Um, but I have to pee a lot. I mean, anytime I drink water, I've got to, I've got to go. And um, what ends up happening is as the water is filtering, as your kidneys are filtering what you're drinking, um, that stone that's in your ureter is blocking any of the any of the water passing into your bladder so when you drink water it hurts really bad like once it gets once it starts filtering through and it gets stopped up it starts to really hurt and at this point even then i'm feeling that so coffee um water coke anything just absolutely will set you on fire and so i'm not drinking any coffee at this point and uh, that really sucks because I'm I'm pretty dependent on coffee, especially during the rut. And so I'm pretty tired just from being sick. Uh, my sleep schedule's off because I've been I'd been sleeping all day. And so this point, like I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning to go hunt, and it's just got me thrown off. And so, like I said, about eight thirty, I start getting down. I'm like, man, I'm I'm tired. I'm thirsty. I can't drink. I don't want to drink any water because I don't want to be in pain up here. And so I'm just like sitting there really in my feelings, just like just ready to get down and and go. And so I I decide I'm going to sit there till about 1030 and I'm going to get down, go take care of everything and go try to find another spot to hunt for the even. Well, 8.30 rolls around, and I hadn't seen a deer since probably 6.15. And the wind starts to really pick up, and it's a cold, pretty cold, bitter wind. And uh, I catch movement 
coming down the creek, like to my right or to my left on my strong side. I catch this movement and it's walking the edge of this creek, just kind of how I had, how I had predicted a buck might move through there. At this point, I couldn't really tell much about the deer. I could just tell there was a deer coming. It was a little, it was a pretty good ways away in that thick bottom. Uh, well, then it eventually gets into some sunlight and that sun hits the antlers and I realize that is a buck and I'm going to shoot him. And so I start getting ready, start getting all my stuff ready. Well, at this point too, with the flu, my the flu is pretty much gone, but I still got a really bad cough. So my lungs are like filling up with junk and I go to cough and, uh, I'm trying not to, I'm really trying hard not to make loud noise. So I go to cough. This is before I see the deer. I cough one time real quick, and that's when I kind of look up and I see this deer coming. Um, but when I coughed, I didn't get everything out of my lungs. So, as always, what happens when you see a buck coming to you, you start getting really, like, your stomach starts getting in knots. You start breathing hard. You're getting really excited. Well, as I'm getting excited... I'm wheezing bad. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, if I pull this bow back, it's going to make me cough. Like that little, that little burst of energy that I have to use to draw a bow, like it's gonna, it's gonna make me cough. Luckily it didn't. That buck walks in to about, I don't know, 20-ish yards and kind of angles in a way that I think he might go into the thick stuff or he might just walk right by me um so i draw my bow back and i'm just like wheezing <laughs> trying to just trying to keep my composure and he hits the opening and i drilled him i mean as good of a shot as i have ever put on a buck and um he hops off i cough really loud because i like i can't hold it at this point um he trots off and to about 20 feet uh, away from me, and he starts coughing. So we're just sitting up there, both of us having a cough fest, and I start second-guessing myself because he's just standing in this one spot, and I can't see blood coming out of him. I can just hear him coughing. That's the only thing that kind of had me uh, at ease, that it was a good shot because I was hearing him cough, but I still, at this point, I can't see blood doing anything. All I know is I've put an arrow in him, um, and I thought I put it right straight behind his shoulder, but the way he's he's standing there, he's not really even wobbling. He's just standing there and uh, and coughing. So I'm like, I put the camera on him, get it on him real quick, and we're both having a cough fest right there in the middle of the Kentucky woods. And he starts walking again, and I'm like, well, crap, man, I should have put an I could have put another arrow in him. Um, but I thought, I mean, I thought he was about to go down. Well, he kind of just, he starts flickering his tail a lot and that, you know, up my confidence just a little bit that I, that I hit him where I thought I did. He starts flickering that tail, going nuts. And then all of a sudden, I really, I never actually saw him fall. I could hear him walk in the edge of that Creek and I pulled out my binos to look, to try to keep tabs on him. And I, he's just laying there like 50 yards away, just laying down, um, and so that was that was the story of my 2022 Kentucky buck. I was 
super excited. I mean, when you go through those type of situations where you're sick, you're not healthy, you're just, you really honestly feel like, well, my season's done. Uh, and I did, man. Like, I put a lot into those November out-of-state hunts, and I thought it was just done. Like, man, I'm, I'm not going to kill another another deer until probably December um, in Alabama. It's The rut in Alabama kicks off in December. Surely, to goodness, I will be better and healthy by then. But um, at the end of the day, man, you just kind of feel like all these plans that I made are done. Like, I, I'm not going to... Kentucky is usually my, my, I guess, uh, it's the, it's my, it's the one I depend on to kill a mature deer. Alabama every year, usually I can, I do kill a mature deer, but Kentucky, it's like, if you're in the woods in November, you, there's a good chance you're going to have a, a shot at a mature deer. And granted, this deer was not super mature. I mean, he wasn't, gigantic or anything he was big he's big body deer um and he wasn't young i'm not gonna say he was young he was just kind of goofy in the antler department so uh he's a the biggest six point i've ever shot um he had pretty cool character uh his his antlers he had no g2s so everything was fairly well developed but he had zero g2s so it was just like these main beams that came out and where there's supposed to be a G2 at, there's just nothing. Like, it's just empty. And so when you look at him from the side view, you think, like, there's an entire portion of his rack missing. But it's not. It's just, that's just how he grew. Um, but like I said, when you go into the, these type of situations where you're just so down and you're so, you're, you're just done. Like, at this point, I was not even really wanting to be in the woods that bad um, just because I didn't feel good. Like, but I knew I had to be there, and I did, and got a great buck out of it. Um, and another thing that that does, too, that it did on this trip is it kind of, like, set the tone for the rest of the trip. Um, we had 20-something people in that camp. And at that point, nobody had killed a buck. Well, then my buddy Trey ended up killing a really nice nine point that evening. Uh, and then our buddy Chad killed a stud of a 13 point the next evening on his last hunt. And uh, man, it was, I mean, it, it really just boosted the morale of the camp. I think uh, once somebody finally kills a deer it kind of gets people like back to fired up. They've been really, they, these guys have been grinding all week going out there every single day in the, in the hot weather. And then all of a sudden it turns to snow and, um, it, it, it really kind of just reset the morale. People are excited to be back in the woods. They get to see a dead deer. And I know it does that for me. Whenever somebody kills a deer in a camp that I'm in, and I haven't yet. When I see a dead buck, it really makes me, like, it gets me fired up again to be out there. So, yeah, that's the story of my uh, of my Kentucky buck, big six point um, kidney stone buck. 
update on the kidney stones. They're still there, I think. Um, I think they've actually passed into my bladder, which is maybe more information than, than you care to hear. But um, I know that because of, like, whenever I use the restroom, it hurts pretty bad. Uh, but I don't, I'm not in any pain other than that. And so I think they're just trying to pass really is all that's going on. Um, but I, man, I hope I never have to get those things again because, uh, it sucks. It's the worst pain that I have ever felt. Um, but I've got now a week to get all that stuff taken care of. We're headed to my family in uh here in a few days to go celebrate thanksgiving and then once thanksgiving's over it's going to be back at it here in alabama rut's going to kick off probably the day we get back rut's going to kick off it's going to start getting really stinking good and i cannot wait so uh, we're going to have the guys on next week's podcast we're going to kind of break down some stuff and talk about the season so far and um, what they're seeing and what they're expecting coming up. So it ought to be getting good here in the next couple weeks. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out to everybody who has bought one of the new Southern Ground kill caps. Uh, we've got them. They're lost hats. They're, they're called goat ropes, and they are sewn on patches in mossy oak green leaf camo so uh if you want one of those hit me up send me a message on instagram or on facebook at southern ground hunting and we'll get you set up uh i'll get you all the payment stuff they're 34 dollars, and this is going to be a pretty limited run we're not going to do a ton of them right for this order but we are planning to do a lot more um just because the response has been so good on them so Hopefully you guys will check those out. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. All these videos, the video from this buck should be up pretty soon. And uh, I know Matt's got some that he's working on as well. So hopefully you guys... Hey, we just hit 8,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is a pretty big deal. And I want to say thank you to everybody who has already subscribed there. Uh, It means the world. I really appreciate you guys' support. So um, that's going to be it. We will talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, read some blog articles, and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.